Uh, well, it was wild, like, you know. I don't know how many thousand people were, <laughs> were here. I'd say every one of them thought it was wild except the umpire. But anyway, sure, look, that's what happens when you, you know, when you weigh grounds, you don't tend to get breaks. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The News Round on Off The Ball with Gillette. Start your day in flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. All right, it is Thursday's Off The Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock and we've got a packed show coming your way. John Giles with us looking back on the week's football and the insanity of the transfer market from half past seven. Uh, then after eight o'clock, Katie Taylor, it looks as though, is not going to get her homecoming fight at Crow Park. Uh, we'll hear from the GEA, who've been talking about it today, and we'll get some analysis as well from Gavin Casey as to what the possibilities are of maybe later in the year the fight happening, whether three arena will happen on May 20th, and what it all means for big-time boxing in Ireland. Uh, the first Six Nations show of the year was live earlier today. We'll bring you the best of that with Billy Holland and Grace Davitt as we build up to Wales against Ireland. No tight furlong for Ireland. We're going to look at the Women's World Cup and the possibility of Saudi Arabia sponsoring the tournament. It sparked some outrage in Australia and New Zealand. That coming before 9 o'clock as well. And then on the football show, our Republic of Ireland defender Dara O'Shea has played every minute of every league game for West Brom as they rise up the championship table. Back from injury, he's going to join us on the football show to talk about that. And Mark Scanlon, the League of Ireland director, uh, will talk to us about the developments in the League of Ireland on the football show as well the President's Cup on on Friday week the league starting the week after that so a lot to get to I think it's fair to say 53106 if you want to get in touch add off the ball on Twitter Richie McCormick good evening Nathan how are you? I'm alright Willow Callahan, how are you? Not too bad Nathan how are you going on Rich? Slick Willie what's up? <laughs> Sorry what now? That's a new one that is a, it's a very new one. One free political a, nickname, yeah. You got it. You got like little nicknames for each other that we don't know about out in the office. Nah, I don't, uh, well, I haven't seen Rich in the office for about four years, so you know that's true. Well, I miss you too, Will. Thanks, Rich. It's a beautiful, beautiful, friendly start to the show. This is a very busy off the ball. It's a very newsy day for a news round, isn't it? It's a lot of news, like a decade. So much of, yeah. news. A decade of news happened in an afternoon today. It seems. Yeah, uh, Katie Taylor. Then so this Richie McCormick. I do think he's working of an evening. Either that or he's minding the kids or maybe watching something decent on Netflix. But no, he's listening live to the MMA Hour. Do you listen to the MMA Hour live every week? Uh, I, I pop my head in when there's somebody like Mr. Hearn on because um, fair play to Ariel Helwani. Like he does have a grow for uh, Katie Taylor's career. And he's had her on before, obviously, I think a couple of times at this stage. So... There's usually a news line if she's involved will pop up out of it. Um, Richie is a news last, hound. Last no difference. A proper oh, news hound. He broke this story. He read this first. Before anyone uh, well, else. Er- well, after Ariel. Ariel well, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Ariel had it. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, modern media. <laughs> Somebody else breaks it, but you steal it off him and then you get it to everybody over here first. Ex- ex- exactly. I will cl- I will, cl- and I'll claim it as an exclusive as well. He's a news um, aggregator. Uh, yeah, I'm a news the, aggregator. And the best news aggregator around. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Spotted this one last night and uh, I didn't expect Eddie's quotes to go as widespread as they did. But uh, yeah, he he was talking about how prohibitive the cost to hire Crow Park is. He, again, which is something I think he hinted at before Christmas, that it would be three times the amount to rent Crow Park than it would be to rent Wembley Stadium for this. But he also pretty strongly hinted that Katie's 
debut on Irish soil, at least as a professional, is going to be in the Three Arena on May 20th, which is the same night, of course, as the Heineken Champions Cup final, which is uh, across the Liffey, enough that far even, uh, crossing the Aviva Stadium. So, yeah, big night news-wise. And since then, obviously, uh, SH1T has hit the fan. And the GEA obviously had a, a conference themselves today, which is completely um, coincidental, uh, genuinely completely coincidental. Uh, but thankfully, we got to put those questions to the likes of Peter McKenna uh, today. It hit live line. I was driving Did to it? work. Oh, this is the ultimate litmus oh, test of the God. Irish mood. It was all over live line. Uh, oh, Mick Dowling was on, and Mick, in fairness to him, was the first to raise the possible issue of May 20th at Crow Park being the same day as the Champions Cup final. There was then a period of confusion as to whether if Leinster or Munster or Ulster don't get there, will that game definitely happen in Dublin? Could it be moved? Oh, God. There was, a, no. there, was a, there was several questions about women's boxing, whether that should even be a legal thing. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ. There was a lot of questions about security. Uh, yeah. Why do we need... like You know, yeah, I used to go to watch boxing. Yeah, you'd see the odds scrap in the crowd. But like that won't happen. This is Katie you know Taylor. What? Nobody would fight at a Katie Taylor fight, uh, ignoring the gigantic elephant in the room yeah. around the lack of professional uh, boxing in Ireland For in recent years. years yeah. And uh, general confusion from everybody as to why this wouldn't happen. And a lot of questions as well, which I had mm. of Katie Taylor and Crow Park, because this does raise any amount of different questions in terms of, look, Dublin is an incredibly expensive place yeah. in All every part of life. Uh, so would it be a surprise if Crow Park was a very expensive stadium to rent out? And it seems it is one of the more expensive stadiums across Europe to rent for an occasion like this. Would Katie Taylor sell enough tickets at the right price for them to justify paying a high fee? When you look at, and I looked at Tyson Fury's last fight, the minimum price at Wembley for that was in and around 70, 75 euro and you add in your booking mm-hmm. fees. But then obviously went up to three and a half 4,000 for a ticket as you got into more premium levels and as you got ringside and in London and at Wembley they're used to these big fight nights there is a corporate market for that they have all of the big banks all of the big stockbrokers it is a night out Uh, the Arab world descends they want to be seen the rich shakes want to be there that has never been there in Dublin so firstly you're asking people to spend 70 grand for your top of the Hogan stand ticket where you're basically watching it on a big screen anyways and I do wonder then if the market is there to spend two and a half three grand on a ticket for an event that there's no great tradition of and I I'll be honest I'm I'm not convinced now I've been shouted down in the office about this and almost everyone disagrees with me would Katie Taylor sell 75, 80,000 tickets at that sort of price range at 50 to 70 quid but not at the higher rates no, but even, even the 70 I, 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 Nathan, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you uh, fully on the the potential for it not being a sellout because there is no culture of going to see that level of cards of boxing in this country. There, there just isn't. We've had our moments with Bernard Dunn. We've had our moments in the RDS with Barry McGuigan. Um, but there just generally isn't that same culture that there would be in a New York, in a London, in a Las Vegas. There isn't the infrastructure to make that happen. On a one-off basis, there is a chance that with all this Ferrari, it could actually happen, but it's not sustainable and won't happen in the future. You mentioned the elephant in the room, and I don't think that should be undersold whatsoever. Katie Taylor had the misfortune of turning pro or having her first pro fight nine months after the Regency shooting. Um, the Regency shooting changed everything 
in cha- in terms of professional boxing in this country and the inability and the cost prohibitive nature of staging cards in this country. In an ordinary world, she would have had one in every five fights in this country and we wouldn't be in a situation where not for the Regency for the need to have this uh, totem pole moment, for the her need to have this focal point of her career being her crowning achievement at Crow Park. She would have done Crow Park three, four years ago mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a normal world. But because of the Regency and because of the security costs involved in staging top-level boxing and because of the people that went into that particular incident, boxing is where it is in this country and she is and that fight is and a Croke Park card is an unfortunate uh, collateral damage to everything that went on in that hotel that afternoon. And that should not be undersold because it has ruined, from a boxing perspective, so much in this country. And Katie Taylor's professional career and having Katie Taylor fight in Ireland and I'm sorry for waffling on has suffered immeasurably because of that afternoon if Katie Taylor could sell 80,000 tickets would Eddie Hearn really move it to a far smaller venue he has us all talking about it now says Frank and Swords like, there were, again there's so many little parts today so it's not simply a case of why does it have to be May 20th so Matchroom build their weekends for many months out for big shows around the world so it's not just a case of why not have it on May 27th also, May 20th is a TV slot which Eddie Hearn said last night so May 20th is the day of the Champions Cup final that I would imagine rules it out straight away because the Champions Cup final is 5 o'clock kickoff. this is probably going to be an 8 o'clock event policing transport you know I looked earlier on the cheapest hotel which may be the case for every Saturday night in Dublin was 400 quid minimum for like a, a regular hotel I won't even name it not one of the really fancy ones 400 quid Garrett on that Brooks Saturday night level also I would imagine they wouldn't want to have it on that night because again the corporate market which will be huge for this they'll be at the Aviva watching that Champions Cup final regardless of who is there so the three arena is a, a far more manageable size it'll be very interesting to see what the pricing structure around that is so will there be an opportunity for your average fan to get in for 50 60 quid or do they feel the demand will be such at a smaller venue that the entry price will be absolutely astro- uh, astronomical well Which, Madison Square Garden always charges a premium it's a small venue mm-hmm. and because of the limited nature of the tickets Madison Square Garden is always more expensive your texter makes a very good point, which is Eddie Hearn mentioned last night that he wants this to be a very good pot for both Amanda Serrano and for Katie Taylor because both are coming towards the end of their career. So if they're spilling a few million between them, you have to sell very expensive tickets at a 9,000 capacity in order to fill that with enough interesting boxers on the undercard and also to have a decent pot for both the fighters. Because straight away you're bringing down the scale of the event by having only 9,000 people there. It can't be cheap. I think you make a good point, Richie, that there isn't that culture there that is built up around what a Katie Taylor show is like. So Harry Mm. Styles didn't just rock up at Slane Castle. You know, he's gone to the Aviva. He's gone to smaller venues. Everyone knows you go see Harry Styles. You're going to be entertained. Nobody's quite sure, aside from what you see on TV, and I'm sure the subscription numbers aren't insane in Ireland for a lot of these fights in the zone, uh, what you're going to get. So maybe this is actually the best thing. Maybe it's another absolute classic at the Three Arena and everyone's going, we want to see this again. Bring it on as quickly as possible. And in September, Crow Park is free. The stadium costs are maybe a bit more in line what they expect. Does that not rely on Serrano winning the second fight then? How often do you have a trilogy fight when someone's won two in a row? Or a classic. Ask ask Tyson Fury and... uh, Trezora. Yeah, fair fair (laughs) enough. Lads, there'll be (laughs) loads of fight fans coming over from the UK. No. 
there'd, be, there'd be some. I mean, this is a point that was very fairly some, raised as well, okay. Nathan, last night, which was there's government funding because clearly Eddie Hearn going back to last November. Remember when Jack Chambers first spoke about mm. the fact that the government were being asked to part fund the fight taking place at Croke Park. So obviously he's clearly been looking for the state to foot some of this bill for quite some time. He also uh, mentioned last evening about the fact, and a lot of people picked up on this, that the government have supported other events which are brought to us in. The College Football Classic mm. is the first thing, which is backed by, you know, Fulcher Ireland and also the government directly with funding. So therefore, if they feel that strongly about Katie Taylor and this being a one-off event, which would bring in Americans or bring in British tourists to go and watch in Crow Park, well, then maybe the government should support. Well, I, I, I agree on that because, again, look at Euro 2028. You have to bend over backwards for UEFA to grant them every access that they want while they're in the country. And I feel with this, with Euro 2028, it shouldn't be the Minister for Sport they're dealing with. It should be the Minister for Tourism they're dealing with. That that's what this is about. Like, there should be no money coming out of a sports pot to pay for an event that Eddie Hearn makes bucket loads of money from. But if they need to put pressure on GEA, it is the national stadium. A huge amount of taxpayer money has gone into it. There should be times where they can put pressure on and say, well, actually, you just need to break even on this one. Hey, we, could hear, we should hear from uh, Peter McKenna and hear what, what he has to say. So uh, Shane Hannon was down and he said this was a pre-arranged press conference uh, already today. So here's what Peter McKenna uh, said to Shane Hannon about the fact that Crow Park costs three times to rent as much as Wembley. Well, we do all of our communication and writing. So we would have met with Matchroom and um, the other Irish representative, um, which is Brian Peters. We'd have gone back and forwards. We would have sent them materials. Um, the, so that is not the case. Um, but again, you know, you, you, you know, um, someone gets a microphone put under their chin, their, their chin, or you know, some, sometimes you, you know, not everything maybe just like uh, comes out as you want it. But um, no, I'd be very happy with that. Our rent is market value, and um, sure, look, we had seven concerts last year. If we were too expensive, they would have played us. Four hundred thousand is. Yeah, four hundred thousand is what they were saying that rent the number. rent is and Wembley was 250,000 and Cardiff I think was in the 200 range so it is maybe not quite the twice that Eddie Hearn had mentioned last night but I would love to be able to crunch the full numbers on this Nathan that are required because obviously the 150,000 or 200,000 more that the rent is going to cost is not going to be the make or break as to whether that fight would happen at Crow Park but how far is the deficit off where Matchroom see the numbers working right now well the, the point was made that well Garth Brooks was willing to suck it up no he wasn't he wasn't willing to suck it up. He said, I'm not coming for one gig. I'm not coming unless I get all the gigs so I can make all my money over five nights because if I came for one night, it wouldn't be worth my while. Yeah, Westlife might suck that's it up um, because they, they want to play at home. They want to play in Crow Park. That's a, that's a huge element and it's not just in the sporting environs that that's the case. What we're going to see less and less of is touring bands like your middle uh, middle tier, small tier touring bands coming here because usually it was used as a an add-on to playing in the UK and since the UK obviously brought in Brexit there's different issues involving getting in and out of there but coming here, or coming here whether it's for a sporting event, whether it's for a gig, whether it's for a theatrical event, whatever, has become exorbitantly expensive and Where's Beyonce? It is in Crow Park's it, it is, well, it is in Crow Park's interest to um, to, to bring their prices in line with being able to bring in those acts because those acts are going to go elsewhere and you will see somebody like you know Katie Taylor's fight isn't going to happen there because of costs like the Beyonce tour isn't going to come here because of those costs where they can go somewhere else in the UK and have a cheaper fee have a higher ticket rate and make more money the, there isn't this the, the scope to make money here and it's a commercial reality that a lot of people have to deal with and we're going to see this happen more and more unless those costs do actually come down we can't continue to be 
in terms of hotels, in terms of uh, rental venue rentals, in terms of whatever else, we can continue to be the most expensive city in Europe being where we are geographically because we're just going to become less and less attractive. I think that ship may well have already sailed. Uh, Katie Taylor, if it is May 20th, like, you think about this, the last time we had a gigantic fight in Dublin earlier that day. Tico Martinez is still boxing. Uh, you should get him on the card. moment. Was it not Ricardo Cordoba that night? No, but Martinez is on the undercard and he's still fighting ah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm talking about the fact Ireland win the Grand Slam and then we got Bernard Dunn, Ricardo Cordoba that evening. We'll have Leinster or Munster Championship final. You can walk straight from the Aviva over to watch Katie Taylor. Literally walk over the bridge. Magic. All right, so that's uh, that part of... Do you, believe, do you believe for a moment, either of you, if it'll actually take place in the three arena? I don't. I don't yeah. think it will take place in Crow Park that night. Or the well, it's definitely, it's definitely not taking place in Crop Earth that night. It, I, you don't think it'll take place through Green either? I think, I think that's happening. I think that's... Yeah. And it, well, it dep- depends on what happens with, with, with um, Serrano and Cruz, Erica Cruz on Saturday night. Uh, but Katie's at that fight on Saturday. And she's not at that fight on Saturday unless there's to be a moment in the ring afterwards saying, oh, by the way, come see this match in Three Arena on May 20th. That's that's just a reality that, that, that things happen. So we're going to hear more from Peter McKenna and we'll hear from Gav Cooney as well just to give us a bit more insight into what may develop over the next little while. Gav Casey, Gav Cooney. Gav can come on if he wants to talk about it, but I don't know if he'll give us that much insight about the rugby. Like, he knows his stuff. But Gav Casey is probably a better option, you're right. Good, good it's all booking. the one office, the ground. Good booking. We, it could happen, we get the wrong guy. Whichever of them turns up, it'll be good stuff. Trust us. Uh, that's coming after 8 o'clock. Also after 8 o'clock, uh, first Six Nations show, we are building up to Wales against Ireland. And the team has been named... Yes, indeed. Uh, no Tyg Furlong. He's been ruled out of Ireland's opening Six Nations game away to Wales. The Leinster prop is still nursing a calf injury. His place at tighthead instead goes to Finlay Bealham. As expected, Stuart McCloskey gets the nod at inside centre, beating competition from Bundy Aki and Jamie Osborne. Aki provides cover on the bench. The team is as expected. Otherwise, Hugo Keenan at full back, Mac Hansen and James Lowe on the wings. Gary Ringrose and Stuart McCloskey continue their autumn partnership in the centre. Jonathan Sexton and his Leinster teammate, Jameson Gibson Park, the halfbacks there's a front row of Andrew Porter Dan Sheen and Finley Bealham Ty Byrne and James Ryan are in the second row and there's a back row of Peter O'Mahony winning his 90th cap Josh van der Flaer and Caelan Doris meanwhile Munster's Roman Salanoa has been added to the wider squad following the news of Furlong's injury setback the 25 year old Hawaiian qualifies through the now defunct residency rule having initially joined Leinster six years ago despite all that Farrell hopes Furlong won't be out for long he's not quite ready. In fact, he's 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 uh, progressing pretty well, you know. Um, but he's he's not quite there yet. He he could possibly be there in the next few days or a week or whatever. But we just think that Phil May deserves it as well. He's um, playing some outstanding rugby at this moment in time. In the last game he played, he scored a hat trick, um, scrummaging uh, very well, etc. So he deserves his start and. Uh, Tiger will um, keep working away to be fit, hopefully, for, for the French game. So, Tyke Furlong played all of last season's Six Nations game. The year before that, he missed the matches against Wales and France, the first two games. Ireland lost both of them. Then he came back in and they won the next three. Now, at that stage, they were playing Andrew Porter at tight head and Keane Healy was coming in. Yeah, I was about to say last year, I think Furlong probably played nearly every minute because mm. Porter was at the number one jersey. So Finlay Bealham's very experienced. He's what, 28th cap I think he's going to win at the weekend, but only four of them have been starts. 
so much of our conversation for the past month has been Sexton, Sexton, Sexton. Furlong is almost on a par. Like there've been questions about Leinster scrum even in recent weeks with Furlong not being there. Yeah, like he's the best tight head in the world. And I think there's we were probably guilty all week as well, Nathan, of assuming that Tyke Furlong was going to be fit for this weekend. Because once the video emerged of him training in Portugal and the photos were there, people kind of thought, ah, he's had a long enough layoff. There's no way they'd be taking a risk with this calf injury. They wouldn't have him training this week if he wasn't going to play this weekend. So I wonder, did he have a bit of a setback? I know the talk was a knock from some of the reporters that were at the camp today. We heard Andy Farrell there obviously saying the hope is that he'd be fit for France next week. But I think we all kind of felt a bit like Sexney. He's come off a long injury layoff, but he'd be coming straight back into the team. So look, this is a World Cup year. This is exactly what you want to see. If you've got someone like Bielham who's been in really good form, fantastic reconnect a couple of weeks ago, you want to see him get a place in a starting lineup. And let's see where he's at at the Principality with the roof closed on Saturday. Uh, late change for Wales. Uh, yeah, Warren Gatlin forced into an alteration to the team he named on Tuesday. Lee Halfpenny had been named to start at full back, but he misses out now, having suffered a back spasm in training. Liam Williams will start in his place. And I think if you listen to Warren Gatlin's press conference the other day, he kind of saw this one coming too. Maybe we could get Katie on at half seven and then we get Garth Brooks on after to make sure of a sellout. It would sell out five times over. <laughs> uh, lads, boxing's a minority sport in Ireland. Women's boxing is even more of a minority sport. If tickets were free, it's still struggle to get 70,000 people to turn up to a Katie boxing match. I don't know about that. I think, as Richie mentioned, there isn't a tradition for obvious reasons of people going to boxing events now. And also, we're in a cost of living crisis where, as we say, like there was a definite feeling of people who don't go to sporting events she's such a brilliant inspiration for so many people to be around the country wanting to bring your young kids to this bringing your young kids is 80 quid as well at, for a fight that probably won't start till half nine ten o'clock at night like there's a lot of things that go against it in terms of its appeal if it's three o'clock on a Saturday maybe you do set it out but I know you're both a little bit sceptical about this but I actually think some big fight fans would come to Ireland to watch it because I think the Crow Park fight feels so important in the Katie Taylor story it's about, been about two years now of speculation mm-hmm. that Katie Taylor has to have her Crow Park moment, particularly after the Amanda Serrano first fight was this has to end at Crow Park before her career winds down. I think some people would still go to it. This is one of those kind of one-off events. Ireland Irish sports fans are really good at being sports junkies at big one-off events as well. Uh, Mason Greenwood, Richie, uh, so... Mm. There hasn't been too many developments over the past few months uh, surrounding his case, but that um, will certainly change today. Yeah, Manchester United has noted the Crown Prosecution Service's decision to drop all charges against Mason Greenwood. The CPS said that a conviction was unrealistic due to the withdrawal of key witnesses and, quote, new material that came to light. Greenwood had been facing charges of attempted rape, controlling behaviour and assault. United, in a statement today, say they will conduct their own process before determining their next steps. And as part of that, Greenwood won't be returning to the club until they finish that. So yeah, he's, he's not going to be no training with me. Yeah. of him playing for Manchester United in the foreseeable future. Mm, uh, not for the foreseeable, and it would be doubtful you'd see him before the end of this season mm. if it is going to be at all at Manchester United. Yeah, they're going to have a, a decision to make. I think it's fair to say Manchester United, uh, in the wake of that news, that he's no longer facing a conviction. Uh, as we mentioned, Crow Park today then was busy. Um, mm. I don't even know what the press conference was about now was it the annual report <laughs> the annual report uh, yeah. was was there anything interesting in that uh, it would have been a very good day for them to bury, bury bad news in the annual report we've lost 70 million but don't worry about that <laughs> yeah don't worry about that yeah <laughs> whatever uh, because obviously this is the first time that uh, Tom Ryan and Larry McCarthy were in front of the media since the yeah. old uh, Kilmacud Glen saga started 
Yeah, Larry, it seems, didn't want to answer questions on this one, but the GA Director General, Tom Ryan, says the worst thing the association could have done is to intervene in the Kilmacud Glen saga. Earlier this week, the CCCC ordered a replay of the All-Ireland Club football final as Croaks had 16 active players in the field for the final play of the game. But Ryan says the GAA were right to leave the subsequent process in the hands of the disciplinary channels. The worst thing that we could possibly do, and, and I've seen this mentioned in dispatches, this idea that, you know, Again, this term, the GAA, whoever, whatever, that should step in, and there should be, you know, there's a, there's some kind of a, a deficit there, and the GAA should step in and intervene and direct something. In a, I have never, ever, picked up the phone to the chair or anybody in the CCC to say, Derek, this is the way I want this to go, and this, I've never done, and I, I will never do that. And you know, the, any suggestion implied or explicit that you know, in some way, we should have been directing something. That's completely wrong, completely inappropriate, and it just, you know, to the extent that people don't get that, that's okay, it's a pity, but, you know, certainly I don't think it would have been, and only would have added to things terribly much if we were to come out and to, to, to reinforce the message that you were already communicating very well in terms of, this is how the thing has to play out. The safest thing that we can do is abide by a process that is tried and trusted and, and, and it works, and we should be really careful not to... No, not to not obviously intervene in it, but not to undermine that process either. So I've pro- probably gone further than I should there, Larry, but sure. <laughs> um, it, it was a strange moment. Uh, so Shane Hannon was down there covering this for us, and he asked a question um, to Larry McCarthy and Tom Ryan, and Larry McCarthy clearly didn't want to answer it. And it felt as though a decision had been made that Tom Ryan also wouldn't answer it, and he had to put the hand on the shoulder of Larry Ryan and say, It'll be all right, Larry. I'll, I'll stay between the lines on this, but I'm, I'm going to give the answer. But Tom Ryan is the guy who should be talking. This is one of the things I think that a lot of GEA journalists and fans have wondered about for some time. Is that like Pork Duffy was incredibly open and actually spoke a tremendous amount when he was the Director General of the GA. Tom Ryan has not done so as much. Ultimately, the President is a ceremonial position. The Director General is the person who calls the shots and is actually accountable for what happens on, say, the higher levels of the GEA. And in that case, like Tom Ryan is correct in that he should not be ringing David Cantor at the CCCC and trying to directly intervene. And I understand where the GEA are coming from, where if they make it look like in this process that they are intervening, they could then further down the road be questioned about any decision That's that happens. That's a load of nonsense. And but, he brought that up today and said, you know, a, a, a game in West Kerry are involving an all-star hurler in Antrim should be treated the exact same. That's a load of nonsense. If that's the case, charge this game to get into the game in West Kerry as you do to an All-Ireland final. Every game isn't the same. This is a game, it's an All-Ireland final, it's on national TV, it has sparked a national outrage and confusion. You've got to get involved. That's but, the gig. But you also have to speak. Like, one of the things about this, and this worked out nicely in a way that the annual report was coming out today, and that Peter McKenna was available and Tom Ryan was doing a press conference, and therefore the questions about Crow Park and the fee for the Katie Taylor fight could be addressed straight away. And in many ways, there's probably answers to what many people were wondering about from the GA straight away. The fact that they sat, and as Tom said towards the end of his clip there, allowed the narrative to be shaped by others, actually made a complete mess of last week. Mm. Like, I think if Tom Ryan had spoken last week about the Glen incident, they may well have put that fire out a lot earlier. Uh, my memory is that Tom Ryan when he got the job said I'm not going to be the guy who's front and centre answering questions all of the time that it's just not his thing it kind of has to be though as you say there's this vacuum around everything and he speaks very well anytime you listen to him speak he speaks very well and you know Peter McKenna is obviously very comfortable getting out in front of things as well but I think if Tom Ryan had come out and said that at the start at least it adds a little bit of clarity but he can also and maybe he was you know underneath 
be working through things so that he can go to the CCC and say, well, I've actually spoken to some people and there's a compromise that can be come to here. Well, it was 48 to 72 hours last week mm. where because the GA had decided not to comment upon it, there was this feeling that Glenn would have to put an appeal in. And then next thing, the public mood seemed to change towards right, Glenn definitely have to do that. And then it was a certain amount simply towards Glenn's position. And then it was, Kilmico Croke shouldn't be waiting the three days to make a decision on their appeal. While the clubs were just doing everything by the letter of the law. Well, if the GA had spoken out first and said, right, there's a process here, it may take six to seven days, it would have taken some of the fuel out of it for at least that initial period when I'm sure tensions were high in both clubs. And the news round's brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. And the news round is done. Will, well done. <laughs> what did you call Congrats him again? again what did you call him again, Richie? Slick Willie. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's going to stick. New crappy quiz nickname, maybe. Larry Burr might be gone. Okay. Maybe. Slick yeah. Willie. Uh, thank you for that. I'm not sure it is going to stick. Certainly not on Thursday nights. Uh, Richie, thank you. Come, maybe, maybe try something else next time. I will. I'll, I'll test. I'll road test a few more between now and then. <laughs>